listening to Perry Noble's thoughts on leadership, vision, and creativity. You can find Perry online at perrynoble.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast. Woo, and amen. This would be the May 2015 edition, and we're going to talk about the fact that the wave starts in the student section today. Uh, but before we get that to the... That sounded like a toilet flush. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> That's true, it <laughs> I'm did. sorry. Okay, keep going. The wave starts in the bath... No, okay. <laughs> but anyway, we are, we're excited about today's topic. There's some great things we're going to share with you um, throughout and then especially at the end. So get your pens and papers ready uh, to take down some information, but... Before we get to that, uh, let me talk about this. Uh, you guys may know we mentioned this in the last podcast that, that Perry's doing an online coaching network that starts on May the first, and there'll be a few spots uh, there as of the re- uh, as of the time of the release of this podcast. There's a few spots left, so if you're interested in that, go to newspringnetwork.com and get the information there to be a part of that. We know this is a second round of this online coaching and from the first round of guys, man, people are just seeing lots of return. Perry, anything you want to mention about the online coaching experience? One of the reasons we did it is we discovered that a lot of um, men and women, business leaders, church leaders, they wanted some sort of coaching but they, you know, anytime we'd offer the coaching network, they would say, well, we can't make it or we can't get there. And so, and uh, I understand that schedules are crazy. Life is crazy. You throw you know, a spouse and some kids in there and it just gets crazy. So we were like, well, let's just make it available online. And like you said, the, the last round of people that went through was so much fun that we decided to do it again. And so it's, um, it's there. It's, it, you, you can go at your pace. And, um, I, I'm telling you, man, I, I think it's good stuff, but I taught it, so that's a little arrogant. But I, I think m- the goal in doing this is to help people go further, and so I, I really do think if you're a leader, um, it'll help you go further in in your not only your personal walk, and it will help your personal walk, but it'll help you lead better. And when the leader gets better, everything gets better. No doubt about it. Uh, well, today, Perry, you know, we want to talk about uh, a couple of things, but the thing I want to highlight is I think you would agree that one of the biggest difference makers in the effectiveness of our church, of New Spring Church, is our kids' ministry and our student ministries, Kids Spring and Fuse. It's a difference maker now, I think, just in church because it reaches whole families, but I think we both know that it's a difference maker in the future because it's really New Spring's best chance to be effective after all the current leadership is gone when we hand off to the next generation. And because we're so passionate about the next generation and reaching the next generation, we're going to put on a conference this fall, and we're calling it The Wave. We say around here a good bit that the wave starts in the student section. If you've ever been to a football game at a college, uh, in a college environment, you know that things are rowdy in the student section. And we found here at our church that so many great things start as in a result of what's going on in our kids and student ministries. So we're going to talk about some of that today, Perry, and then at the end I'll let you share some information about this conference we're going to have in the, in the uh, fall. So we're really excited about So let me jump in with this. Why do churches need effective kids' ministries and effective student ministries? If you don't have an effective kids' ministry and an effective student, or effective, yeah, student ministry, it it means that there's no life in your church. Um, If you look at any church all over the globe, um, especially in the United States, um, you pick any church, and it doesn't matter the denomination. It doesn't matter the, the theological position or whatever. You show me a church that's alive. And in the majority of the cases, I would say, I'll show you 
a student ministry that's alive and a children's ministry that's alive. And if you want your church, if you're a leader, and it doesn't matter if you're 25 or, or 65, if you want your church to be alive in 20 years, you've got to start making investments in that life right now. Mm -hmm. And the best place, the best mission field for the local church in the United States is um, people under the age of 18 years old. It's the mission field that's right here in our backyard. I think it's the most neglected mission field in the entire United States. And so I think if a church, if a church doesn't have an effective student and children's ministry, then we neglect the commission of God to take his commandments to the next generation. Yeah, that's really good. Well, I, I mean, I can hear it in, in even the way you explain it. And of course I know it working with you for so long, but why is this, why is kids ministry student is such a passion of yours? I think it was because that's where I got my start in ministry. I started in student ministry. My first church had about a um, hundred people in it. We had about, you know, 10 or 15 kids. Um, and I ran into one the other day. It was real, real awesome. She's been married longer than me. So I felt really old <laughs> and I was her youth pastor, but um, it was real, real, real cool. And um, first budget was 500 bucks a year. And uh, I got in trouble if I spent all of it. And I just remember having to fight in those early days. It seemed like I had to fight for everything that I felt like the student ministry wanted to do. If the adults didn't understand, then we couldn't do it. And um, so I felt like the and you know the, and the church I served in was great. It's just um, a lot of uh, it was a Baptist church, and a lot of Baptist definition of progress is moving backwards slowly. And so because of that, you know, I had some hurdles to jump through. And then I served in a second church, and it was a great church, but once again, I always felt like I was fighting for the students and the student ministry. And the churches would appreciate the result of, well, you know, we had, you know, students increasing, more kids coming. If more kids came, then more of their, uh, you know, parents would come. But it seemed like the method of ministry that I had was always a contention point. And so I spent the first eight and a half, nine years in that environment. And I'm just like, man, if I ever become a senior pastor, I want to be the biggest advocate for student ministry and children's ministry. And especially when you have a kid, oh my gosh, your, your advocacy for children's ministry goes to the next level when you have a kid. So it's not something that I have to really uh, hype myself up over. Mm -hmm. It's something that I've, I'm, I have a deep conviction in my heart that every church needs to have a vibrant student and children's ministry. So being the senior pastor, obviously, of New Spring Church, um, what do you think, from your vantage point, what would you share with other senior pastors out there? What's the best thing that a senior pastor can give to their kids' ministries and student ministries? Permission. That's great. Permission. Permission to not have to do things the way you would do them. Um, if, if our student ministry and our children's ministry were, were limited to my ability to minister to them, um, we might have a couple hundred kids that I'll be weird. Um, but we might have a, you know, I, the test that we run and the test that I hold for our campuses is I say a healthy children's ministry should be about 20% of the adult attendance attendance on a Sunday. A healthy student ministry would be about 10% of the adult attendance on a Sunday. Um, 
don't email me and ask me where I got those statistics. We've just done them since the day we started, and it's something we made up. And don't ask me why it's 20% for children and 10% for students. If you're emailing in those questions, you have way bigger problems than trying to figure out where statistics come from. Anyway, um, I, I just I just think if the pastor says, hey, man, you've got permission to reach these kids, as long as we're not compromising the gospel, right? We're not bringing in pole dancers on Wednesday night to get, like, get more kids to come to church or whatever. But as, as long as you're not compromising the gospel, then do whatever it takes. And so every year I'll pop in to a student service. And when I say that, pastors, I'm, I'm, I mean, I love our student ministry. I'm the biggest fan of it. And I might show up two or three times a year. Um, but, but when I show up, I stand in the back and scratch my head going, why are they playing this song? And this video is dumb. And I'm, I mean, I don't say that out loud, of course, because that'd be weird. But in my mind, I'm critiquing it. And then just hundreds of kids are responding. And I'm going, man, that's not the way I would have done it. But I'm so glad they did it. I mean, I cut my teeth on when I was doing student ministry, Al Denson, Carmen and DC Talk had just gotten popular. Um, and so if you're still doing Al Denson, which I'm sure is a great guy, um, Carmen and DC Talk, I, I just, that might be a problem. So let's be glad that that's, we're talking about history instead of the future. Right now, if you wanted me to, I could do the whole song <laughs> of The Champion by Carmen. He's my favorite there's Christian a, talker. There's a small part of me that would love to ask you to there's do that. There's actually a girl in this room right now on the podcast <laughs> who was an angel in that skit. And, her name's uh, Suzanne. and that was far from the truth um, of her. But anyway, um, anyway. <laughs> oh, I've distracted us. I'm sorry. My apologies. <laughs> um, but yeah, so let me ask you this. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, another keep, thing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Keep, sorry, no, sorry. keep going. Okay. Um, the other thing a senior pastor needs to be willing to give their student ministry and children's ministry, and this will be fun. This will be a fun one, is freedom from fundraising. Freedom from fundraising. Um, the kids don't need to sell donuts to go to summer camp. Um, I, I mean, I'm not anti-donut. Good gosh, I went to Krispy Kreme last night. I mean, I'll, I'll tear up some Krispy Kremes. I'm just saying, one of the things I heard for years is, well, the students need to learn how to appreciate, you know, well, they don't learn how to appreciate it by selling donuts or, or you know, washing cars, which, by the way, let me just put a, push the pause button here. A car wash always costs you more to do the car wash than you actually made on the stupid car wash. Like, it, it would cost 200 bucks and then you're always going to screw up somebody's car, like because it's students washing cars. Let's just admit that they cannot wash cars, and they make the worst hot dogs possible. And we combine that event and we call it a success. The pastor needs to be the the guy that stands in front of his church and says, "Our kids are going to this event, and we need the church to pay for it, and the church needs to pony up." Same thing for children. You know, well, we can't afford children's ministry. No, you can afford children's ministry. You don't need to. Kids out in the middle of the street collecting coins. It needs to be something. I heard a guy say years ago when it comes to ministry to the next generation, we can fight it or we can fund it. And I don't want to be the church that fights it. I want to be the church that funds it. And so I think that's the two things that a senior pastor can give his um, student children's ministry is permission and then freedom from fundraising. Man, that's so good. I remember, did you sell donuts and wash cars when you were? I did. I'm a little, um, and hot dogs. Oh my gosh. We made the worst hot dogs in the world. Only thing that taught me was I do not want to go to this church. Yeah. That's and, the only thing I remember. Well, and then, I, so we'd do it on a Saturday, and the following Monday, there was always the church member said, one of your kids streaked my car. And I'm like, I, <laughs> would you, they're 14. They're 14 and didn't want to be there anyway. So 
crazy. Well, let me ask you this. What about uh, the from the aspect of if, you know, you mentioned going to the Fuse service every so often and saying, man, all these things seem crazy. How much of a, as a just strategist, as a senior pastor, do you look at that and say, you know what, though this may seem crazy to me, how much do you feel like you need to lean into what's going on? Because in 10, 15 years, that's how we better be doing church. I right. mean, how is that forecast and how we might have to do church in the future? So when it comes to our student ministry and our children's ministry, I think one of the strengths are um, I don't make a lot of statements. I ask a lot of questions. Um, I want to know why we're doing certain things. Why did we do that that way? Why? And I'm not I'm not asking those questions because I'm trying to be hypercritical. I'm asking those questions because I'm trying to understand because the way they're reaching students and the way they're reaching children is the way that our church is going to have to reach people in 20 years. And if we don't constantly change our methodology, um, we're eventually going to be the holy huddle that thinks they're better than the world. And so I don't want us to turn into that. Um, so when it comes to planning, um, I know for a fact that the person over our student ministry at this church has the vision of this church in his heart. Like there is no question in my mind, spent lots of time with him. I know that the person in charge of the children's ministry has the vision of this church in her heart. There is not one single doubt in my mind. And so I will get involved in strategic decisions on an as-needed basis. Or if I see something or I've got some questions about something, I might step into a conversation. But, man, I'm, I'm not planning set list. I'm, 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 I'm just trying to keep my hands off of it because even every year at our summer beach camp, um, I, I, I don't know anything about except this is your time spot to speak. Um, I don't want to plan the set list. Sometimes I'll request a specific song. But it's always like, hey, I'm going to request a song, and everybody's like, okay, yeah, we're going to do that anyway. I mean, it's it's something that was already in line, and so I think, I think that if we're not careful as senior pastors and senior leaders, if we get too involved in our children's ministry and our student ministry, we can actually hold them back hmm. rather than releasing them to to do great things. That's good. You know, you mentioned something about you know that the head of the student ministry and the kids ministry has the vision of our church in their hearts. You're not you're not questioning that. What are some other characteristics you look for in someone who would lead next generation ministries or students or kids? When it comes to um it's it's a little different. When it comes to students, I look for somebody who has influence. Now, you know, well, that's not a very godly characteristic. Well, that's because you don't have it. Um, I, I am looking for the guy or the girl yeah. that can walk into a room. You mean a girl could do that, Perry? Oh, yeah, no. It, at the end of the day, ministry doesn't come down to what you pee out of. It comes down Whoa. to the calling that God has Hello. placed in your heart. Tweet that. Yeah. Um, How you're gifted, not, yeah. What you pee out of. There anyway. I like that. So, yeah, a girl could do it. Um, wow. Where were we? For all you egalitarians out there. Yeah, there we go. Somebody called me that the other day and I didn't even know what it was. I had to go look it up. <laughs> yeah. uh, by the way, if you're using that in common language, you don't, you, anyway, yeah. anyway, sorry, sorry, stay on topic, stay on topic. Um, I'm looking for the guy or the girl that walks in the room and has influence because John Maxwell, who has forgotten more about leadership than I'll ever know, ha says leadership is influence. And the one thing that you want a student minister to be able to do is influence students positively 
for Jesus Christ. You want them to be able to move the mission forward. And so somebody who walks in and the kids don't respect them, um, the kids don't, and that's usually the person, you know, from a Baptist background, that'd be the person that the church hired to do music and students. Bad combination. Um, because they're passionate about one or the other. Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking for the person that has influence. For children, I'm looking for somebody who really does care about the details and wants to teach these kids about Jesus on their level, um, who, who, who really wants church. And one, this is one of the things I love, is that in KidSpring, in our culture, fun is a value. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have people say, well, you know, all your kids do is have fun at church. Well, that's way better than the church experience I had growing up. I, did, I never associated the word fun and church. You just did not associate that. So if you can teach kids at an early age that Jesus is relevant and loves them, and they grow up loving church and loving Jesus, I just think it sets the church up for the next generation for a win. And so I think part of that is having you know those type of leaders. So with, with students, it's influence. With children, it's somebody that pays attention to the details and really wants them to learn about Jesus on their level. That's so good. You know, something we hear all the time here, Perry, are about students bringing their parents to church and about kids waking their parents up to get them to church. I hear a story every week. I mean, it seems like we hear that all the time. And if you create environments like that, it doesn't just it's not just great for them, but it actually is going to help your whole church. Well, if your teenager wants to come to church, um, parents are going to get curious. Parents are going to be like, well, they must be doing something wrong. And so I'm going to go check it out. And then we've had a lot of you know entire families receive Christ simply because we had a very vibrant um, student ministry, and we had a very vibrant children's ministry. Like, inevitably, somebody will bring a neighbor. Yep. The neighbor will come, have a great time. The next week, we'll be like, I want to go to church. And the parents are like, well, that was weird, but I don't know. And then parents come, the parents meet Christ. I mean, it's just, at the end of the day, evangelism and reaching people for Jesus drives the entire thing. So good. Uh, well, let's talk about this conference. Why do you want our church, why New Spring Church, to host a conference addressed in these specific ministries? Well, I don't think we're the perfect church by any means. In fact, I, I see all the warts. I mean, I'm the, I'm the leader. I am by no means thinking that, man, we are just an amazing church at everything. But two of the areas I feel like we, we do a really good job with is students and children. And we have a lot of people contact our student ministry. We have a lot of people contact our children's ministry. We write our own children's curriculum, give it away for free. We don't charge. And there's no hidden thing in there. There's no get this, but then we're going to sell you this. I mean, it's all free. Um, and so one of the ways that I felt like we could serve the church as a whole is do a conference and really talk about the, the, you know, why we do student ministry and children's ministry and then how we do it. Um, and, and, you know, if you come to this conference and you get one or two things, you might not agree with our methodology, but, um, like Simon Sinek says, you got to start with the why. And so, that that's the that's the biggest thing I'm hoping um, that that'll happen. What would be so the the why and the how we do it? Is there anything else you hope maybe just organically, if not specifically, that the people who attend will take away from this conference? Yes, I would hope that they would take away from this conference that student and children's ministry is not dead. Um, that's the thing that I've heard in church world. You'll hear that sometimes. You'll hear churches say, well, student ministry is dead, and 
children's ministry is not really this. And I'm like, no, 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 it's alive. In fact, I'm going to say it again. The biggest mission field in the world are students under the age of 18 years old, especially because this is the first generation that's really kind of growing up in what I'm calling um, post-Christian America, where they're not growing up in a politically correct society. Um, And so Christians uh, in the next 10, 20, 30 years are probably going to be the underdog. Um, But I don't, and, and and the church people are worried to death, but I'm like, hey, guys, Read the story of David and Goliath. We preach it all the time. David was the underdog. God is, you know, pro-underdog. And so if the church is working from a position where we're the underdog, I think that actually puts us in a better position to win. So in regards to student ministry and children's ministry in particular, my my hope and my my takeaway is that, that churches would walk away and say, you know what, we're going to give this a shot. We're really going to try to create environments on Sundays that children love. We're really going to try to do ministry to teenagers on their level. And it can, listen, it can be done. That's so good. You know, as you were saying, we're living in a post-Christian time. I think the other thing for for kids that are middle school and high school that I've seen is we're also living in a post-parent era. Oh, God, yeah. And so there's so many, there's so many churches, potentially, if you're, if you're not engaging in student ministry that's effective, then what you're not doing is reaching your community. You're, you're, you're taking the least reachable people and telling them they're not worth anything. Yep. And I've seen too many, too many kids who are in environments where their parents are split or they've got so many uh, problems and they're just looking for a place to belong and they're going to find a place to belong. That's real good. And so the church has to offer up something that's a reasonable place where they can be loved and accepted and then maybe meet Jesus. Yep. And if we don't open up those doors and we're, I think we're failing a core, uh, like you said, mission field uh, for our church. Well, and for our let me let me pause there, Shane. You and w- when Shane says that, I want our listeners to really pay attention because um, you've got four boys. Yep. Um, what are they? 20, 18, 16, and fourteen. Twenty-one, nineteen, seventeen, and fifteen. When you first started, <laughs> when you first started coming to New Spring, they were ten, eight, six, and four. Yeah, I remember that. So wow. I'm, I've, okay, I got to go up a year now. Um, but what you need to know is Shane and Sherry. Um, Sherry's his wife. When they go to bed, they never know who's going to be in their house when they wake up the next morning. They've had guys are in their place all the time, and guys are just all over the place. I mean, your boys have several friends who have moms and dads who have checked out, Mm -hmm. and they're searching for somewhere to belong, something to belong to. And so that's why our student ministry, and let me say this, and it's uncomfortable, but it's come as you are. So if we have a teenage, teenage girl who's pregnant, she can show up to fuse. Like, we don't ask her to leave. Pregnant girls, slouchy pants guys. Um, uh, you know, it, 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 it really doesn't gay, matter. If they're gay? They can be gay. They can be transgender. They can be whatever that they say that they are. And what we want to do is, is the reality is, it's like I said, they're searching to connect to something. And uh, when we do the right kind of job, and they're not going to show up on Sunday. No, unfortunately. But if I they meet some true. people that they can trust at school that has a thing to invite them to that is cool and for them they will likely check it out will they stick will they not stick well, i tell you what if they get to an environment they see other kids like them and feel like they're not excluded but actually included in something and then they have somebody reach out and say i want to know who you are 
and invite you to hang out with people that will, you know, you can hang out with and have fun. It's not just, we're not going to beat you over the head with the Bible. We're going to teach you the Bible. Yep. We're going to show you by our lives and through the things we do in our services, but we just want to tell you we love you. I've just seen too many kids' lives change radically just because they had a place to go that was for them, yep. that connected with them culturally, and somebody, a person, a, you know, a, a college student or even a young adult or even an old adult reach out and just say, hey, I want to get to know you and be your friend. Well, it's a game and, changer. And it's a it's a gateway to Sunday. Absolutely. Like, like they won't come to Sunday, but if they'll come to a midweek service or whatever designed for them, they'll be there. So, in fact, I mean, I remember last year at Gauntlet when I asked the students who volunteered with Kid Spring to stand up and over a thousand High yep. school, middle school students yep. stood Where up. They like, they're in church. That's right. Their first step probably won't be Sunday, but if they come Wednesday, then what happens? Like you mentioned, I mean, we're going to be inviting them to Sunday. Yep. They're going to see that their leader and their friends go to Sunday. Then yep. they're going to show up on Sunday. They're going to meet Jesus at some point, and then they actually start serving in other areas. It's amazing. I've seen it so many times, and the difference maker is because this church uh, invest in, and it starts with you, invest in. We don't fight. We fund ministries to the next generations and now we've seen kids who came up in kids spring become people who are leaders in our student ministry who've gone we've got some on staff yep but we've got so many that serve and so it's just been really cool to see so let me just i don't want to get us too far off track uh with the questions but uh, or about the conference but um will this conference be just for key leaders uh like student pastors or whatever or is this something that uh, volunteer people can come to. Who, who should a church bring to this conference? First of all, I need for 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 it doesn't matter where you are. You should come to this conference. If you are in full time ministry, if you're in part time ministry, if you're a volunteer, you've got to show up. It's going to be fun because here here's what I think you're going to be. I think you're going to be encouraged. Um, I read an article the other day, and I'm not going to talk about where because I'm I'm about to bash it. Um, but it just infuriated me because it was like students are walking away from Jesus because they're not theologically connected. And I'm like, no, no students. I've never met a student that walked away from Jesus because of a theological issue. I've met students that walk away from Jesus from emotional issues. I met students that walk away because they weren't connected to the church anymore. I've never had a student walk away from Jesus going, you know, I just thought about him on the cross. I don't believe that anymore. Um, it's always something else. And so one, one of the things that anybody in a church can do, you might not be able to answer the deepest, darkest theological questions. And 90% of the students aren't going to ask you those anyway, but you're going to find encouragement in the fact that if you can just give a student your cell phone number and say, call me if you ever have a problem, man, that is, that's ministry. That's, that's, that's like Christ. Because, unfortunately, I think the students in our today's society are the modern-day lepers. They're the people that the church do not want to touch, and they're the people that need to be reached out to the most. So true. I think kids walk away uh, because sin loves them more than the church does. Bam. Um, and so we've got to get serious I hope you about— I that down. I hope we've somebody got, wrote that down. Well, it is. Why would they walk away? They're trying to belong and be loved, and when sin outloves the church, sin wins. Yep. That has nothing to do with theology. It has to be being like Jesus to the kids you encounter. But would you say this, Shane, and I think one of the things that we've done is you got to create an environment where people can come to Jesus in Jesus' time, not the church's time. That's right. Because you might have a kid show up for two years. 
and then you hear they're out partying on Wednesday night, and you hear out that they're out getting hammered and sleeping around. And there are churches that will actually say, well, if that's the way you're going to live, don't come around here. But if they, if they keep showing up on Wednesday, hey, give two things, patience and kindness. Second Peter 3, 9, it's the you know patience of God, Romans chapter 2, the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. Patience and kindness lead people to repentance, not judgment and criticism. Mm-hmm. And so you create that type of environment where kids are loved. And that's why, that's why I think everybody should come to this conference, because even if you're not a full-time minister, but you're a volunteer, you are partly responsible for the culture of student ministry, the culture of children's ministry in your church. And that's what we're going to be talking about the most. We're not going to say, here's 17 things to do and you can be just like us. We don't want you to be just like us. We want you to do the most effective job reaching students and children in your community as possible. And so that's why we put this thing on. That's so great. And we'll get the details after this one final question, Perry. How important is it for the senior pastor to be at this conference? I, I want to say this, and this is this is strong, and for some people it'll be encouraging. For others it'll be discouraging. If the senior pastor is not one of the biggest advocates for student and children's ministry in the church, the church will will not have an effective student or children's ministry. Um, if you're a senior pastor, you're listening to this thing, and you're like, I'm just going to send my student pastor or my children's pastor or whatever, but you're like, it's not really for me. Let me promise you something, man. It is so for you. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, this is not a conference that I'm allowing people to put on. I'm, I am involved in the details of this conference. I am speaking at this conference. Um, I want senior pastors to be here so bad because if you will come and you will make a significant investment in time, I mean, come on, at the end of the day, it's, it's what, 69 bucks? It's not, it is dirt cheap. I mean, you can go beg on the side of the road for a day and you can pick up 69 bucks. So don't do that. Um, but I, I, think, I think the senior, the biggest issue that I see in church culture right now is the rub between student and children's ministry and senior pastors. Now, senior pastors will always say that they support student ministry and children's ministry. But I want to say it again, and I know it's strong. If they're doing fundraisers, you don't support them. Mm-hmm. You, Senior pastor needs to be the chief fundraiser for student ministry and children's ministry. Um, one of the reasons that the senior pastor and the student minister rubs so often is because many times the student minister is as good, if not better, of a communicator than the senior pastor. And so the senior pastor kind of fears this guy's going to come in and take over, and so he would rather just kind of not support him. I've seen that scenario way too many times. But when the senior pastor and the student in children's ministry work hand-in-hand rather than fist-to-fist, like pounding each other, there can be so much advancement and I think, I think, and I think if Brad were sitting here, our student pastor, Tyler, Sherry, whoever in, in leadership, they would tell you, you've got to have the heart of your senior pastor in order for your student children's ministry to be successful. And so when, when you get those two together, and that's what this conference is going to be, we're going to talk about how to work together and how to, how to get that heart, how to get that mindset, how to get that unity. Because there is, I'm telling you, there's nothing more important in church world than student and children's ministry, in my opinion. 
No, totally agree. Well, let me give you the details. Uh, all the listeners, if you're looking for details, you can get get them all at newspringnetwork.com. But the, the conference will be Thursday, September the 17th. Thursday, September 17th, 2015. As Perry said, $69 a person. Um, and there's also information at the newspringnetwork.com um, where you can do a behind-the-scenes look at Fuse and Kid Spring, which actually starts on September the 16th, Wednesday the 16th. That's going to be limited to, to just a limited number of people. And that sold out in less than a week last time. Yeah, I mean, the last time we did anything exclusive, like Exclusive, behind-the-scenes, and, you, I mean, you're going to – you're going to get to see a lot. Yeah. So all the details are on our website. Yep. All the de- <clears throat> Sorry. All the I details are there. When we talk about yeah, this. that's right. This has just been too much for me today, Barry. I know, man. It's just, man, it's, it's just one of those things. But anyway, so newspringnetwork.com. Go get the information. $69 a person. Thursday, September the 17th. We want to have you here. And then also, if you're interested in a little deeper look, a behind-the-scenes look for on Wednesday, September 16th, you can get the information on how to sign up for there. And again, seats are limited in both uh cases so get on this right away so thanks uh for listening perry before we sign off any final thoughts uh just two things number one i want to beg senior pastors to come again uh to this conference because it's it's going to be student pastors volunteers i'm I'm telling you the goal of this conference is to encourage you and build you up and give you hope um and then last but not least um hashtag pray for josh josh is still like caught up in this whole florida gator thing and i was just noticing some some publications that have like top up-and-coming football teams and and clemson's mentioned all over the place and florida is not mentioned and so pray for josh he's still caught up in all the hype and just pray that his heart will be changed hashtag pray for josh hashtag pray for josh with that uh who's wearing an armadillo shirt by the way (laughs) he is actually wearing an armadillo shirt lord help us all hey we'll see you guys next month on the very noble leadership podcast